Talk about a roller coaster of a game, but the Devils still walked away with two points. They are now on a three game win streak and they're looking for more. So the Flyers did not make it easy on New Jersey and they even threatened to take out Luke Hughes at one point, but Luke Hughes toughened it up and he became the hero in OT. We have a lot to break down in today's episode of Locked on Devils. Buckle up, everybody. You're Locked on Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils with Trey Matthews. All righty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on Locked On Network. I'm your host, Kyle Chalky, play play announcer, Dell's Rider for Pucks and Pitchforks, and also part-time credential MIA member, Trey Matthews. First episode in the month of December, and I have one hell of a game to break down because talk about a series of events. Talk about a roller coaster of a game for the New Jersey Devils because they started strong from the opening gate, and then unfortunately, Luke Hughes got an injury scare. Tensions were high. People were pissed off at the officials. Then second period, he returns to action. People are jubilant. Then the Devils seem to have lost their energy, seem to regain it in period three, blew a two-gold lead. Brandon Smith got in a penalty at the most inopportune time, goes to OT. Would the Devils walk away with two points? Would they walk away with one point? Luke Hughes comes up clutch from zero to hero. Boy, my head is just spinning from just recapping all that. So, in today's episode, we're going to talk about that injury scare that Luke Hughes took at the hands of Garnett Hathaway and what transpired, who was in the right, who was in the wrong, and I will give you guys my two-cent opinion on the matter. Then I will share with you some of my quick takes from the game, obviously in way more detail than what I just did moments ago. And then in the second segment, like I do with every post-game recap after a win, I will share with you guys some honorable mentions as to who made an impact for this game for New Jersey, and obviously my three stars of the game. And then to round it all off, like I do with every post-game recap, I will compare the stats and give the Devils a letter grade. So let's start off with the main talking point throughout the entirety of the game, which was Luke Hughes and Garnett Hathaway. What transpired? So basically after the Devils get a 2-0 lead, thanks to the help of Alexander Holtz and Jack Hughes, it seems like all was going well for the Devils. And uh, moments later, after Jack Hughes's goal, the puck slides into the defensive end for the Devils. Akira Schmidt has his hand up, which is supposed to signal an icing for his team. Luke Hughes is leisurely skating towards the puck. However, if you were to look at the replay, you could see that Schmidt is hesitantly putting his hand down because he's unsure if the linesmen are going to call icing on the flyers but Luke Hughes doesn't know that so once again he's leisurely skating towards the puck trying to corral it he's past the hash marks he takes it below the goal line and boom out of nowhere Garnett Hathaway shoves him into the boards Luke Hughes looks to be seriously hurt he was favoring his shoulder people were fearing for the worst would he suffer the same fate that his brother took at the hands of the of the St. Louis Blues just a few weeks ago was it going to sideline him for a significant amount of time would the Devils be down a man once again because Dougie Hamilton didn't play in this game due to injury so if Luke Hughes is unable to play in the next game against the San Jose Sharks then there goes the entire offense on the Devils' blue line so 
a lot of people were holding their breaths. They were very concerned, but obviously we need to talk about the play because Luke Hughes did end up returning to action at the beginning of period two, and he seemed to shake it off with ease. But the question is, who was in the right and what should have been the official assessment? Well, I was actually listening to the game on TV and also the radio. So I was hearing both the opinions of Bill Spaulding and also Matt Loughlin. And I think the common denominator is, is that that play should have been an automatic icing because Luke Hughes has already beaten two Flyers players, including Hathaway, past the hash marks. And Akira Schmidt has his hand up. And obviously Schmidt is a little confused because he's wondering why the officials are not blowing their whistle. So that that should have been an automatic icing because Luke Hughes already won the foot race. The play should be dead and no one heard the whistle. So I'm not sure if the linesman blew their whistle and no one heard it, or maybe they changed their minds at the last possible second. But as soon as Hathaway touched Hughes, then you heard the whistle. So I, I was also listening to part of the Flyers telecast and they said that the whistle came as soon as Hughes uh, received contact from Hathaway. So there's basically a lot of conflicting reports as to what transpired during that particular play. But needless to say is that the linesmen, they screwed up big time. And I'll talk about that momentarily. So what was the official assessment? What was the aftermath after that all transpired? Well, unfortunately, that was the end of the night for Hathaway. He was assessed a five-minute boarding, and he was also given a game misconduct. So he hit the showers early. His night was over less than five minutes on the rink. Luke Hughes, obviously a lot of people were concerned. You had his brother Jack barking at the officials saying, do your effing job. And also Akira was having his hands up in the air because he was wondering, like, why did you wave that off? Like, what was the official call? Like, what are you guys doing? So I think the common denominator during this whole sequence of events is that everyone was just a little ticked off at the referees because it's just like the devils were screwed and also the flyers were screwed. So I'm glad that Luke Hughes ended up being all right. Post game, he revealed that he just had to do the concussion protocol because that's what the NHL requires after a hard hit like that. He said that he felt fine. He might have just been a little shaken up in the moment. Adrenaline is rushing through you. You're a little shocked and you're just trying to regain control of your bearings. Might have had the wind knocked out of him, but he said he was fine going into the intermission and that during that whole time period, he was just rushing to get his equipment back on because he wanted to be there for his team. So I'm glad that Luke Hughes was not phased by the play, but it could have been very bad for the Devils because that play looked very bad. So here are my thoughts and here's my uh, two cent opinion on the matter. The linesmen, they screwed up big time because once again, you almost screwed the Devils because their highly touted rookie could have missed some significant time for taking that hard of a hit when he's not expecting it because once again, he thinks the play is dead, so he's not really going to be protecting his six. He's not going to be looking over his back for a hit because the play should be over. They should be going down to the other side of the rink and getting ready for an offensive end faceoff. And then for Hathaway, he doesn't hear the whistle either, so he thinks the play is live, so he's playing aggressively trying to take control of the puck once again. So I hope that Devils fans and Flyers fans, we can all come together and say that the officials really screwed both respective teams up because on the one hand, Luke could have been seriously hurt. Thank God he was fine. And then for the Flyers end, you had a player ejected less than five minutes of ice time on his end. And now you're basically uh, seeing your roster shrink by one 
the entire way of the game. So I know head coach John Tortorella was a little pissed off with the referees, similar to a lot of other people. I know, once again, Akira Schmidt and Jack Hughes, they were letting their opinions be felt. And I think the Zebras definitely did feel it. But I think the main thing is the linesman screwed up big time. So that's my takeaway from the whole ordeal. No harm, no foul. Obviously, Hathaway is not exactly the star player for the Flyers, but they did have to essentially play with one less man on the rink the entire way of the game because this happened in period one. So I know the Flyers kind of got screwed out of uh, having an extra player onto the rink. And I know the Devils, we had sort of a heart attack because I saw Erica Walker and Bryce Salvador talking about it during the intermission. And they were also concerned because no one really knew what was going on. But the fact that Luke Hughes came back in period two, and once again, he became the hero in OT because he got the game-winning goal. I think that says something about him and his character. So I, 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 my heart rate is back to normal. I can breathe a big sigh of relief. But the, the NHL needs to do a better job protecting its players. And whoever the linesmen were for that game, I really hope they are cracked down. And I hope that the NHL has a serious sit-down talk with them because that could have been dangerous okay let's transfer over to some of my main takeaways of the game so early on in period one i'd say like halfway through period one i was actually in my car listening to the game so i was listening to matt loglin and chico resh uh calling the action on the radio and they had some interesting facts going into the matchup so one of their main takeaways going into the game was that if the Devils score first then the odds tip back into their favor now i know a lot of people are going to be like I think that's the case for any team, but hear me out. The Flyers have not won a game this year in which they gave up the first goal of the game. So the Devils had to keep that streak alive for their sake because I'm sure they don't want to be the first team in which the Flyers allowed the opening goal and they still found a way to win. So the Flyers have a big goose egg in that category if they let up the first goal of the game. So that's what Matt and Chico were basically saying at the beginning of the broadcast, which is if the Devils score, then they can go home a little early, like score first. And then when looking at the Flyers special teams, they had two power play goals this game. That cannot happen because the Flyers have one of the worst power plays in the entire league. So the Devils' penalty kill can't even stop one of the bottom tier power play teams in the entire league. That's a little concerning. And then when looking at the Devils' power play, I'm glad that they were able to get a power play goal. But something to take note of is that even though the Flyers, they're not really good in the power play, it seems like they're pretty decent in the penalty kill because they have five shorthanded goals going into this game. So the Devils had to be on the lookout for that. But speaking of special teams and how the Devils need to improve in that, Can Danico acknowledged it on air, which is, you let your netminder, Akira Schmid, see 47 shots, and most of them came while the Flyers were on the power play. So I think it's safe to say that two power play goals and generating most of their shots on the man advantage, the Devils got worked on special teams, and they need to improve that because I know the Flyers, they're surprising a lot of people. They're still ahead of the Devils in the standings, but that cannot happen. You have to have a much better effort while on special teams. Well, at least for the PK, the Devils power play is still top of top in the NHL. So I'm not going to take anything away from them in that category, but I think we can all agree the penalty kill needs to improve. And 
I think my last main takeaway from this game is that the Devils let it slip because they had a 3-1 lead in period three, and it seemed like the momentum had died out for them in period two. Candanico, once again, acknowledging on air, saying that the Devils, they need to score again because the Flyers made it a 2-1 game. They cut the lead in half, and so they go up 3-1. I know the two-goal lead is always the worst lead in hockey. And I said this in the previous post-game recap, which was, the Devils needed to walk away with two points and their opponent needed to walk away with zero, especially if it's a divisional rival. So I said, like, you know what? I, I'm not satisfied if the Devils taking an OT and they walk away with at least a point. No, walk away with two and make sure the Islanders get nothing. And it's the same uh, thing in this matchup against the Flyers. I'm glad that the Devils walked away with two points, but they still gave the Flyers a point at the end of the night. And the Flyers are still ahead of the Devils in the standings as a result. I know it's still relatively early in the season we're still about a quarter way done with the year but still those are the kind of games you might want to look back on because it seems like the flyers are turning a lot of heads right now and i don't know if it's going to be a free fall for them similar to last year we'll wait and see but the capitals once again they're impressing me flyers are impressing me the metro is tight for the time being so devils need to walk away with two points and their divisional rivals need to walk away with zero as many opportunities as they can so that's my thing. The Devils let that one slip. And yes, Brendan Smith got a slashing call at the most inopportune time in period three that resulted in Forster tying the game. But I just want to put this out there. I will be the first one to call out Brendan Smith if he screws up. But he was actually playing really well in this game as a defenseman. So I want to give him credit where credit is rightfully deserved. So I'm just putting that out there. Yes, Brendan Smith once again Bad time to pick up a penalty late in period three, and the Flyers tie the game less than a minute remaining. That's a gut puncher, and that definitely shifted the momentum, and that could have costed the Devils once again. But Brendan Smith was actually performing quite nicely leading up to that penalty. And I get that a lot of people are going to highlight the bad, but I just want to put that into the light. So those are my main takeaways from the game, which is, yes, that hit on Luke. I, I wouldn't say it was a dirty hit. I would just say, like, just the circumstance was that it was a supposed to be a dead play. And unfortunately, one person thought that the play was dead and the other thought it was uh, still live. And they and obviously, when you have someone like Hathaway who plays the game hard, he's going to go 100 percent of the time until he hears that whistle. So bad circumstances, bad officiating and. Unfortunately, they had to go by the book as soon as Hathaway threw that hit because the play was supposed to be dead. And then the tidbits is that the Devils, they got outworked while being on the PK. They got to try to improve on that and then let it slip. Can't happen. But they still walked away with the win, so I'm not really going to complain all that much. Now, before we continue, I want to tell you guys about game time so you can see the Devils play up close and personal. So some of the things I love about game time, last minute tickets, flash deals, zone deals, easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. Views from all seats in the venue, lowest price guaranteed, event cancellation protection, job loss protection. You can see the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All in prices show the total upfront so you know you're getting a great deal without the hidden fees. Buy tickets in seconds with two taps. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On NHL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On NHL for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Okay, so like I do with every post game recap after a victory, let's look at some players 
that deserve their recognition. So the first shout out that I want to give is actually the person who scored the first goal in the game on a beautiful quick shot, and that was Alexander Holtz. So Holtz now has three goals in his last four game appearances. So I think Holtz, he's been performing really well on the bottom six, and he's been that spark of energy for the Devils. And we talk about them trying to get scoring depth up and down the lineup. And I'm running out of ways to describe what Alexander Holtz has brought this season. Now he has seven goals total. And according to Todd Cordell of Infernal Access, he said with Alexander Holtz getting his seventh goal at five on five this season, he leads the team. Think about that. So Holtz is showing a lot of improvement, and I had to give him a shout out because he got the party started for New Jersey, and that's exactly uh, the type of production we want to continue to see out of him. So he's starting to make me eat my words, uh, what I said at the beginning of the year, which is I said he'll improve a little bit, but I didn't anticipate for him to be actually uh, this good. And hopefully he can start to rack up more goals. And then I want to give a shout out to the rookie who made his NHL debut, and that is Samuel LeBurge. So I think a lot of people are going to like LeBurge because he's a blue collar guy. Now, Bill Spaulding actually shared the story on air because he was trying to claw and grind his way to the ECHL and the AHL. At one point, he was playing on a low-level pro hockey team in Canada, and he had to work an extra job with his father in order to make ends meet. And he had to do, and the reason he was playing low-level pro hockey in Canada was just because he had to be closer to his family due to some certain circumstances so I think everyone loves a feel-good story in sports and LeBurge was definitely playing hard and actually Matt Loughlin uh, was saying on air that someone like Nathan Bastion he should be looking over his shoulder because Bastion is well aware that he isn't exactly stepping up his game uh, compared to last year because Bastion has been struggling and when you look at someone who's playing hard like LeBurge and and someone who's turning heads a little bit I'm sure Bastion might be sweating just a tad bit so I think LeBurge is definitely trying to earn his payday at the NHL. Obviously, it's most likely going to be a temporary trip until the Devils start to get some guys back. But just wanted to give a shout-out to LeBurge because everyone loves a, a good feel-good story. And then Nico Heischer. Ever since Nico Heischer returned to the lineup, this Devils team is currently on a three-game win streak. And this year total, they have a record of 7-2-1 and one when Heischer is playing. So, the captain effect. Is it safe to say that he sure has actually been way better since the injury? Because he was struggling to put points on the board early on in the year. But then all of a sudden he flipped the switch ever since he returned to the lineup. And the Devils are feasting off that energy. The fans have embraced him once again. Well, they always embrace him. But still, it's just like Nico Heischer has been a big help for the Devils. And he is the pinnacle reason why this season is being turned around. And why, once again, the Devils are racking up more wins. Okay. My third star, this is cheating, but since they're a dynamic duo, I, I just couldn't name one without the other. I couldn't just give one a shout out and not uh, give this other person a recognition. So I'm going to say uh, for my third star of the game, I'm going to give it to two players, Tyler Toffoli and Jack Hughes. Jack Hughes walked away with three points. He had one goal and two assists. One of the assists was the primary assist on his brother's game-winning goal in OT, who we'll talk about momentarily. But Tyler Toffoli is just fitting like a glove. And just the dynamic between him and Jack, it's just incredible to watch. And uh, we, we talked about the concern that that people had about Toffoli not being able to keep up with the speed of Jack Hughes. But he's putting those rumors to bed because Jack Hughes, he scored in period one to make it a 2-0 game 
two-on-one. Jack and Toffoli were just setting each other up nicely, and and that's what resulted in Hughes getting that goal to make it a 2 nothing game. And then a little later on in the game, in period three, Hughes got the secondary assist on Toffoli's goal. So Toffoli just continues to be like a another big uh, addition to this roster that I don't think a lot of people realize that that was needed until the product is actually on the rink. So I've been very impressed with how well Toffoli's been fitting in. And Jack continues to once again pick up right where he left off prior to his injury. So it seems like Nico and Jack, they have flipped the switch ever since returning to the lineup. So that is why Toffoli and Jack are my third stars of the game. My second star, Akira Schmidt. That boy saw 47 shots and he saved 44 of them. He was getting little to no help in front of him, especially if the Devils were on the PK. But the one thing that I put out on social media was that Akira was making the crucial saves to keep the Devils alive. So there were times where the Flyers were just peppering him and they were threatening to score it on him in order to tie the game or recapture the momentum. But this is the same thing I talked about for VTech Vanacek, which is, look, VTech, I get that sometimes the defense in front of you isn't all that good, but good goalies know how to make those key crucial saves in order to help their team win. And that's what Akira did in this game. I also think this was a statement win for Akira. I think now this really rings the bell in Lindy's head saying like Akira should be the go-to guy for the Devils. Now in the next game against the Sharks, the Sharks are one of the worst teams in the NHL. I think it's safe to put VTech into that game because I don't think the Sharks will generate that much offense. Could be wrong. We'll see what happens. But I, I think this was the smart move by Lindy, which was you start Akira against a pretty decent Flyers team and then against a bottom tier team you put in VTech. But nonetheless, Akira should be the go-to guy. And I think that was a statement win for him because he performed phenomenally in between the pipes. If the Devils ended up losing this game, the loss hypothetically would not have been on Akira's shoulders. He played really well in this game. My first star, this man went from zero to hero real quick. And that was Luke Hughes because we were making all sorts of speculations during the first intermission because people were saying like, oh, he might have separated his shoulder. He might have suffer, suffered the same thing that his brother suffered a few weeks ago. Is his uh, chances of winning the Calder, are they pretty much over? We just saw Luke, once again, he got hurt badly in period one and he shook it off like it was nothing. He returned in period two, the start of period two. He didn't gradually try to work his way in. He was all gas, no breaks as soon as the second period started. And then you saw his brother, Jack, just checking up on him three times, asking him if he was if he was all right. And Luke was like, I'm good. And then in OT, just less than 30 seconds in, Luke Hughes scored the game-winning goal. Where have we heard this sentence before? Luke Hughes' game-winning goal in overtime. I think this happened on game 82 of last year. And I think his brother also had the primary assist. So it was a three-on-one breaking out, but then Luke and Jack just broke away, and it was a two-on-one odd man rush in favor of the Devils. And I don't know how often they've practiced this play, but it's obviously they're brothers. They have that connection already. I don't know how many times they've done this play in the past, but it seems like they got it on lock because Jack Hughes just knew how to set up his brother, and Luke Hughes let off a pretty shot. So for that person who said, Maybe Devils fans should just accept the fact that Luke Hughes isn't good. I really hope you never talk about him ever again. Luke Hughes, in my eye, just a hero because of the narrative 
and what his goal meant and what could have been worst case scenario for the Devils didn't end up happening for once. So I'm glad that Luke Hughes returned to action and he is my first star of the game just because he got the game-winning goal in OT and it seemed like he didn't skip a beat after taking an unexpected hit from Hathaway thanks to some bad officiating work. Now, before we compare the stats and give the Devils a letter grade, let me tell you guys about the sleeper app. So a new NHL season brings all sorts of possibilities. So the Devils could hoist the Stanley Cup, Jack Hughes could get 50 goals, and you could win big by playing Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper, the official Daily Fantasy app of Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for Daily Fantasy sports, especially Daily Fantasy Hockey, because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in Daily Fantasy Hockey contests. So you don't just have to play hockey. You can also play daily fantasy football, basketball, baseball, college football on Sleeper. All you have to do is pick whether studs like Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer, Jesper Bratt, Akira Schmidt will record more or less than their Sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus minus and more in any given game. To win a 100 bet on Sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats you heard me devils fans you can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with sleeper so start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big use promo code locked on nhl and you'll get a 100 match on your first deposit terms and conditions apply that's code locked on nhl see sleepers terms of use for details and the locational availability Okay, so like I do with every post-game recap, let's compare the stats and give the Devils a letter grade and get out of here. So when looking at the shots on goal differential, oh, it was pretty ugly to see. Devils were outshot by the Flyers 47 to 35. At least the Devils were getting a lot of shots themselves. Face-off percentage, 47.6%. Flyers, 52.4%. Devils. Power play. Devils were one for five in their power play. Carter Hart was just a man on fire in between the pipes when the Devils went on the man advantage. He just like uh, elevated his game 10 notches anytime the Devils won on the power play. It was crazy to see, but I was just like, sooner or later, the Devils are going to have to get a power play goal, right? At some point, and Tyler DeFoley was able to do so. It wasn't easy, wasn't pretty, and Nico did get dinged up a little bit and he had to go into the tunnel to get checked out. Luckily, he was fine. But still, it's just like... That was definitely um, that 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 was definitely hard to watch at times because it's just like the Devils were generating a lot of shots while on the power play, but Hart just wanted to take his game to another level just to make a statement, I guess. Power play for the Flyers, two for six. So Devils got to improve on their PK. What else is new? Hits fourteen to eleven in favor of the Flyers. Block shots. This is something I talked about in the previous episode. Devils need to try to generate a lot of block shots themselves. They were still they they still had less block shots than the Flyers, but it's fifteen to fourteen, so not really all that bad. Takeaways five to three in favor of the Flyers. Giveaways twelve to nine in favor of New Jersey. So, if I had to give this game uh, a rating, I would give the Devils. This is a tough one. I'll give them a B minus because they did play aggressive from the opening faceoff. Luke Hughes once again. Got hurt, but he returned to action and became the hero. Um, but the one thing that the Devils need to do, they need to work on their penalty kill. And it's something that I've been preaching the last few weeks. You cannot be giving your opposition chances in the game and getting penalties at the most inopportune times because your penalty kill is not all that good to be tested out like that. And you're lucky that Akira Schmidt was on fire in between the pipes. And once again, do not give your divisional opponent 
a, a point to play with. I know they came out with the win. I know they got the two, they they got the two points, but still it's just like uh devils are trying to claw their way back up the metro. And right now the Flyers and Capitals are still ahead of them. So that's my thing. I'll give them a B minus. Still a good game, still an intense game, lots of storylines. I was actually debating as to whether or not I would record an episode because I've already done five episodes this week. But I was just like, you know what? There's a lot to address in this game, and you guys deserve to, to hear my thoughts on the matter, and I, I felt like I owed it to you guys. So first episode in the month of December went with a bang, and hopefully the Devils have a better December than they did November. So thank God uh, that Thanksgiving uh, period is now over. Let's shift over to the Christmas time period because maybe the Devils will see better luck. We'll see what happens. And I got some great content and surprise for you guys in the works. But as for today's episode, that's what I'm have for you. So thanks for listening. Continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening once again. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.